1: It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and twelve-eight. The Zone, broadcasting live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Come in this weekend, take advantage of their Pioneer Day sale. Come in and say B-O-O-M, boom. And they're going to take an additional 10% off the already best price in town here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Time for a little What's Going On, brought to you by our friends today at the Davis Vision uh, Center. Davis Vision loves teachers, if you are a teacher, Who needs LASIK, Davis Vision wants to give back. Schedule a free consultation appointment and inquire about additional savings uh, on top of their uh, summer sale price. Call today, 801-253-3080 or visit DavisVisionMD.com. All right, Gordon, you ready? I am ready. Let's start with uh, DJ and PK here on What's Going On. They had Barry Trammell on. He's a columnist for the Oklahoman. A uh, very good guest comes on with those guys quite a bit. Um, Barry came on to talk about uh, the Big Twelve SEC conversation.
2: This is a very advantageous phone call because you're going to enlighten me. <laughs> okay. What is what? Are, what's the Pac-12's outlook on possible
3: expansion and well, the four teams and go to the pac Sixteen? And they've never wanted to do any of that. Maybe they have to reconsider. But I just think geography is working against him. There simply aren't as many people. Even if you add BYU and Boise State and Hawaii and whoever else on this part of the country, I'm wondering, will they come in and try to take the rest of the Big 12 and say, hey, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and Kansas and whoever else they can get their hands on, if they can even get their hands on them?
2: Well, I mean, I think they could get their hands on them, and that's sort of where I'm coming from is, You know, uh, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Kansas or Kansas State, um, Iowa State, I don't know, you know, how how deep they want to go. But um, those are big-time athletic programs. Um, They all have new stadiums. They all have tremendous athletic facilities. They're all very good in a variety of sports. Um, Oklahoma State, in particular, plays really good football. It's been the second-best program in the Big 12 for the last 11 years. But they don't necessarily meet that academic profile that you're talking about. Um, It's a land-grant institution, and those are generally looked down upon. So, um, I don't know. But it's, a uh, to me, a Pac-16 with an Eastern division of Utah, Colorado, the Arizona school's Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Kansas, Iowa State, whoever it might be, would be really interesting. Well, I you know, t- one, of the one of the advantages. I mean, and this is again not talking academics, which is a huge hurdle, but from a from a uh, television package, you know, the Pac-16 would become a four-window league. You could, yeah. You know, you could have you could start games at 11 a.m. in Stillwater, Oklahoma, or Manhattan, Kansas. Yep. You know be playing at 11 a.m. Central and then be playing at 9.30 p.m. Central, which I guess 8.30 Mountain, you know, in Seattle or Eugene or Corvallis or wherever.
3: That is all true. Now, none of that will have to come to pass if the Big 12 stays together, but is the Big 12 staying together? I mean, Oklahoma and Texas, they're talking now, but is the money good enough that they're going to go?
2: The money is, I think, you know, this is a two-sided decision. Does OU and Texas want to go? Does the SEC want them? I think uh, OU and Texas have decided to go. The money is too good. Uh we're hearing that you know, the Big Twelve payout is about thirty eight million a year the last the last go around to each school. <laughs> we're hearing that it could you know, OU and Texas and the SEC could push it past sixty million a year. Twenty two million dollars a year. You can't say no to that, I don't think. Um so that means does the SEC say yes? And um, for the SEC, I think SEC teams make 44 million a year last time around. So 16 million extra. Uh, you know that's a lot of that's a lot of money to say no to. Texas A&M would say no to it because they don't want any part of Texas in the league with them. But does Missouri? Does does South Carolina? Can you know? Does any of those teams say no? Any of those schools say no? Seems like a long shot that they would say no. Seems like a long shot.
3: I'm really um, curious about independence going forward. Because with this new 12-team playoff, Notre Dame doesn't have to get in the ACC. They're like, we can get in the top 12 and get in this thing. BYU might be telling itself that. USC and Texas apparently have at least thought it. They haven't acted on it. But they've thought it. Do you think there's a chance we're going to see in the streaming universe more independence? Because why should a school that's got that big a fan base share that streaming money with anybody?
2: Uh, it's a good point, and I can see. I don't think anybody's. You know, Brigham Young is not independent because it wants to be. It would rather be in a in a major conference. Um, there's really. You know, I think Notre Dame. I'm sorry, Southern Cal and Texas, which is posture. But so, so nobody, nobody does that willingly. But I do think independence might be a better path than a substandard conference. For instance, if Iowa State or West Virginia gets left out in the cold, they might be better off being an independent and and um, then joining a. American Conference or a uh, Mountain West or whatever the case may be. Brigham Young made that decision. It seems like a viable decision to me, Um, and I think you might see that with somebody like a a West Virginia or an Iowa State or somebody. Now, if you're Baylor or TCU, you're down there in Texas, you could hook up with Houston, uh, whoever else, that you might be better off in the American. I don't know. But independence could come back. It, you know, it, it almost independence almost died. I think at one point we were down to only Notre Dame as an independent. I think,
3: and maybe a now Academy. To, yeah,
2: yeah. Now we're up to four or five. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, and so I think it's I think it's worth talking about. Um, no doubt about it. I, th- I think, uh, and you know, talking about Brigham Young. If the big, if the Big Eight, I call them the Big Eight. If the Big Twelve, you know, those eight decide to try to band and stay together, they could do worse than adding Brigham Young. Um, to me, that would that would be, you know, the, the Cougars have a great following. They have that kind of, you know, you talk about streaming. You don't you don't worry about cable households with Brigham Young. You talk about. Uh, potential eyeballs on streaming. Brigham Young brings that in a big time way. So I don't think that's a I don't think that's a uh, something you, you cast aside. I think that would be an option if they decided to try to stick around and stay together and bring in somebody like a Brigham Young.
1: Barry Tramble, he writes for the Oklahoman. He's a columnist down there, and uh, really interesting with David James this morning. He seems pretty confident that this is going to
4: happen. Yeah, he said that, uh, he flat out said Texas and Oklahoma want it to happen, and uh, Barry's pretty well plugged in. He
1: is, yeah, absolutely. So
4: I, I Yeah, I mean, this thing has some teeth to it. And Man, the fallout if it does happen is going to be fascinating. Well, if what he said is true and Texas and Oklahoma add that kind of value to the conference where they, the, the payouts could grow to $60 million a year per institution... You gotta do it, because money is is too much a big part of, of what colleges are are, are want, uh, in this regard. Now he made another distinction that I thought was interesting based on our conversation earlier in the show, Jake. We talked about he he said that BYU is better off being an independent than it is joining a weakened conference, but. Then he added that BYU would be well-served to join the Big 12, what's left of the Big 12, after te- Texas and Oklahoma leave. And so he thinks that's a better league than any of the other group of five.
1: Which I, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with him. I just don't think if, if those two teams leave, I don't think the, the Big 12 tries to keep it going. I think other universities are going to be looking around. I think it's going to be a race to see who can get into the Big Ten and the Pac-12 the fastest.
4: Well, the Big Ten, the Big Ten's already at 14. Yeah, so, so maybe they want to go two more. Okay, two more. If they go two more. Uh, maybe they want to get into Texas. Wh- what does is, what is
1: the, the Pac-12 want to do? Do they really want to add these other teams? See, I don't think the Pac-12 wants to. But are they painted into a corner where, where they, they kind of have to? Uh-huh. Because I think the Pac-12 doesn't necessarily want to, but I think they'd love to soak up some of that revenue that's fallen out of the Big 12. What's the ACC? What's the ACC at right They're now? They're at 14, 14? I believe, as well. So they could add
4: two more. Would they
1: want to add, say, West Virginia yeah, and maybe. some and someone else? You know, although they had uh, an opportunity, to add West Virginia a couple of times in past years, and they've passed. So I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't think that the ACC wants to expand either because they're locked into their current TV deal till pff, it's like another – they've got another 10 years to go. They but signed a huge extension. Could,
4: couldn't they make an adjustment too? Is there
1: a, probably some sort of clause in there? For I don't that? know. But, but see, this gets to back to what we were talking about yesterday. Can you find a program that's going to add there too and not subtract? Well,
4: do you, what do you want. It depends on what you're trying to do. Are you trying to make a couple extra bucks are you trying to build your empire?
1: Or, yeah, are you trying to stay competitive and mm-hmm. keep up with the Joneses? Right. I mean, can you stay at 12 if you're the Pac-12 and still be considered a P5 league? Does – what is – or I guess at that point it would be a P4 league. I mean, and how does that dynamic right. shuffle its way out? I mean, if it's the SEC and everybody else, well and, – and frankly, P5, G5, who cares if it's a 12-team tournament and the top 12 teams get in and there's no automatic bursts? What difference does it make? Yeah, Yeah.
4: I wonder if, if this were to actually happen, I wonder if BYU
1: will be left out again. Oh, I I think that the chances are better that they will be left out than they won't. Hmm. I wonder how. I, and
4: And if you go to 16 in each power conference, do you want to play strictly conference games? Because there's so many to choose from now. Or would there still be non-conference games that would, uh, would yeah, go know.
1: on? I don't know. But th- that's what I'm saying. I mean, the, the fallout if Oklahoma and Texas go is going to be fascinating. I mean, it, it it's going to be, if you want to, you know, it, it it could be a study on politics where politics meets desperation. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> It, it's going to be wild because yeah. would there be motivation to prop up the Pac-12 with those remaining eight schools? And it, let, let's say you add a couple of schools, you know, BYU or, or or somebody else that brings some value to the table, then where are you in the conference hierarchy? Does it matter? You know, are you still considered a quote-unquote P5? Or, or like we said, does that even mean anything anymore?
4: Has there been talk of – Four super
1: leagues for quite some time now. Yeah, and so, but what if the Pac-12 doesn't want to be a 16-team super league? That that brings us back to this point, because you add four teams, and if those four teams are takers, yeah, as opposed to producers, then you're just diminishing your own uh, your own uh, paycheck. But if you're really going to evaluate situations, then what use is Washington State? Well, other than they're already in, and it's a lot harder to kick somebody out than <laughs> than let them in. Which program is more
4: valuable from a money standpoint, BYU or Washington State? Probably BYU BYU or Oregon State.
1: Probably BYU. I don't know much about those two schools in particular. They're like alumni base and that sort of thing. Like how much of uh, how much of the Portland area are be fans you know i mean how like i know that oregon's the dominant program in that state but by how much you know yeah i imagine it's by a
4: substantial margin
1: you would think so but i don't know it's not like oregon's been good for 50 years they just emerged in the 90s yeah but you were late 90s you were talking
4: about the alums you know yeah
1: yeah true 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 so
4: yeah i mean this is gonna this is gonna shear the
1: Shear the screws right off of college uh, sports. The Pac-12, I don't think the Pac-12 will ever jettison anybody. The question with the Pac-12 is, do they add teams to keep up? And if the Big 12 does decide to get aggressive, do they protect their own? Do they protect what they've got now? Well, a lot of it will come down to
4: what the network perceives their value to be. And, uh, I mean, there are good programs out there, certainly not at the level and value of Texas and Oklahoma. But, uh, you know, Cincinnati is a really good program. Uh, BYU, uh, I don't know what you think of Boise State, um, but there are schools out
1: there, Houston maybe. I, But none of them provide enough to justify. I mean, they would have added BYU years ago. If if the if BYU brought enough value and, and to the what's table. And
4: what's the story about that is that BYU put on an absolutely fantastic presentation to the Big 12 and still was rejected.
1: That one really bugged me. That the, that go-around, what was that, four or five years ago? Something like and that. And Bronco was talking about, you know, unsustainable and, and – what, uh remember uh, FedEx was going to bribe the pack, uh, the Big 12 oh, yeah. with, uh, the, to get Memphis in, you know, that, that round of rumor or whatever. The, same, the guy who owns the Rockets was going to push for Houston. Right, the Tillman-Fertitta or whatever. Tillman-Fertitta. It, the, the, what bugged me about that one is the Big 12 never had any intention to expand. That was all about them twisting the television because there was a loophole in the contract, remember, that ESPN would have to pay more regardless of who they added That there was that ESPN did them a favor during uh, the last round of expansion where they said, "Oh, we'll leave this open just in case you want to add more," and they were going to, they were trying to twist ESPN's arm into giving them more money, or else they'll expand, which would be a net loss for ESPN. I mean, they never, they never had the attention or intention, excuse me, of actually adding somebody.
4: All right, so let me further the discussion by asking this question. Yeah, we talk about BYU, and we'll get back to them in a second. The schools like Utah State, Colorado State, uh, who you know, uh, New Mexico, and and places like that. What happens to them if it does go to these super leagues, and then what happens to BYU? They're I they're in the same
1: situation they are now. I don't see how things change.
4: Well, right now they've got what they got coming up this football season. They've got three or four Pac-12 teams on the schedule. Is that going to continue? Well, And what happens if they get frozen or frozen out or whatever the word would know.
1: be? We'll see. I, I think them going away from non-conference games in general, I think the chance of that happening is probably pretty low.
4: You think it would just be like it was in the old whack when they had 16 teams yeah, and they just, just
1: you play, They had so.
4: quadrants, didn't yeah. they? They had four different quadrants in that league.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, that was
4: weird though. It's sort of a bastardization of what the conference is really all about from a competitive standpoint because you only play certain teams once in a
1: while. Oh, well, it's already that way in some of the like the ACC, you know, I'm a Virginia Tech fan. They I mean, there's some schools that they rarely play. Just I go from 14
4: to 16, yeah. is, you know,
1: a little bit of a jump, but not a huge one. So i I would I don't think unless unless the trickle down like we talked about happens, I don't know how much it's going to affect Mountain West schools or, or BYU unless there's an opportunity to jump to a bigger league. And I I think that there's going to be fewer spots in the quote unquote big leagues, not more. After well, it, this round of it uh, shuffle,
4: it all depends
1: on what happens with the Big Twelve. I do, think there's some Big those, Twelve or,
4: do those remaining schools want to stay together, and would they add there too? And would they have enough clout to, to be relevant? Enough? Though
1: that's the point.
4: I, I think they would. I, I don't. I, uh, what do you mean relevant? Because you just took all the group of five leagues and made them t- totally irrelevant.
1: Well, I mean, would would let's say the the Big Twelve adds. Boise and BYU loses Texas and Oklahoma. Are they going to be viewed on the same level as the Big Ten, or are they going to be viewed on the same level as the Mountain West? It would... I think it would be closer to the Big Ten. Oh, see, I disagree. I think be closer yeah, this is
4: our me. fundamental disagreement. And Barry agrees. I agree with Barry what he was saying that it would be a smart move for BYU to join what's left of the Big Twelve. I mean, yeah, and and as opposed to joining a group of five, the smart because move for BYU, still, sure, but that's you, not what I'm saying. You, well, I mean, it would be smart from the league for the league as well, unless they were they were being parceled out to different leagues around the country. And I I don't know what the likelihood of that is for all the reasons that we've already discussed. Are you adding to or taking away from?
1: All right, we'll have more coming up next. We do have a clip from Hanson Scotty. Let's get to that around the corner. They talked a little basketball with Kurt Heedlin. So we'll get to that clip. Coming up next, we're live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. price is so low it'll blow your mind. They've got a, a Pioneer Day sale going on this weekend, Gordon, all sorts of stuff. We've been talking about all about it throughout the show. But get this, they are clearing, out, uh, clearing their floor of sectionals. They've got to make some room. So we we're talking several two- and three-piece sectionals in the best styles and colors that everybody's looking for, starting at just... Uh, 1099 Gordon. In fact, you and I are, are sitting on uh, some sectionals (laughs) right now, which are absolutely beautiful. And here's the deal. If you go down the street one way or down the street, the other to some of the, the, the brand stores, Gordon, you're not going to find stuff. You know, this uh, we're living in a unique world. Uh, supply change, those sorts of things have been interrupted. I'm sure people have experienced it where you go in to buy something, they're like, yeah, well, uh, eight, eight months from now we'll give you a call because maybe it will be here then. You know, the warehouse has it. We're sitting on it.
4: Well, that's right. Jake and I are sitting on it, and no one is going to take it out from under us until you come get it. So we're saving it. Is, that, just, what, is that
1: what we're doing? Just for you. But these, you're not going to find better deals on sectionals <laughs> anywhere else on the planet. And this weekend, if you come in and say B-O-O-M, boom, spell it out. And then add you know, a real boom. Uh, they're gonna take an additional ten percent off the already rock bottom price. So come on in, take advantage of it. The warehouse, eighteen twenty-five south, three hundred west. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. We'll talk a little basketball next on the big show. 97.5 and twelve eighty the zone.
0: Burning with desire. She was on the sidewalk. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Presented by Big O Tires with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust.
1: It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. I want to remind you about the 60 and 60. It's back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30. Hanson, Scotty G, will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah. It's us down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. Only here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, let's move on with what's going on. We didn't have a chance to get at this clip in the last segment. Speaking of Hanson Scotty G, they had Kurt Heelan on today of ProBasketballTalk.com. He talked a little uh, Team USA and also what's going on with Damian Lillard.
5: When you look at uh, you know, when you look at Team USA and and how they've built that team and some of the guys, you know, some of the issues they've been dealing with, but they did finish off with a couple of wins. Where's your confidence meter on this squad going into the, uh, you know, into Tokyo? Pretty high. uh the, the second half against Spain was closer to what we re- we recognize, right? And and what we've always had as a nation is, I mean, we've always had the highest level talent, but I mean the deepest, highest level athleticism. So it, this year, well, I guess I was like, does anybody roll out anybody as good as Kevin Durant? M- maybe you could argue Slovenia with with Luca, but like with, with Lillard and Durant, we have probably the two best players or two of the three best players in the tournament, right? But what's always won us this is less the top end and more that we can roll out 12 athletes who will pressure you defensively, who will be aggressive and force you. These other teams just, you know, these these other players just weren't used to handling that kind of pressure and getting, they got overwhelmed. They turned the ball over. We could get out and run. We still have that. It's a little bit less. I mean, Patty Mills can handle the pressure, right? Like, there's guys there now, you know, who can handle it. But we still come deeper than everybody else, and that was the first time we looked like it in that game. So I feel better, but I, it's a real test. We open up against France. I mean, France is a number of NBA players, Rudy Gobert in the paint, and and, uh, and high-level European players. We're not going to be – again, it's, just, it's not 1992 Angola anymore. These guys aren't just going to be happy to be out there and get overwhelmed. Uh, we're going to have to earn it. So that's going to be – I think it's a great test to start, but I'm feeling more confident after the last couple of games that this team started to find a groove. And by the way, it helps to bring back Middleton, Booker, and Holiday, right? <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's some real talent, and Holiday in particular. After watching how physical he was able to be and how what great defense he played in the finals, and now he's like, hey. You know you can be more physical in international ball. Like he's going to unleash on four guys that are just not going to know what hit him.
4: When the 2021-22 season tips off, will Damian Lillard be in a Trailblazers jersey?
5: When it tips off, yes. Um, when it ends, mm. we'll see. I I don't. I more sources I talked to around the league and just the, the buzz I'm hearing he's like it's not. He's giving them a chance. He's he's certainly throwing the goblet down. But I think he's giving them a chance. But even if he came out – well, if he came out tomorrow, it would be different. But if he gives them a chance and then goes to them in early August, it's, it's much tougher to pull this off, right? Um, so I think you get closer to the deadline and see what teams will throw out. Um, and then if not, I, my guess is it's a next off-season thing. Um, he's just He is just about to enter – I think it's three years in a player option of contract, like he, he's locked up for so long that teams are going to be willing to, this isn't, this isn't, he doesn't have the leverage like Anthony Davis did to get to the Lakers where Anthony Davis like, look, well, you can trade me wherever you want, but you know, I'm a free agent in a year and I'm going to sign that. He's got three or four years. So teams will be willing to really throw in um, a lot. So my guess is it's, my guess is it's not, it's, it's the deadline or next year, but He's really frustrated. I, at first, I thought there was just there was smoke, but there's. I've talked to the people now. There, there's real fire there. He's he's frustrated with them, and, and I think he watched. You watched Milwaukee, right? It was kind of in the same boat, and they couldn't quite get over the hump. And their organization goes out and finds a way to get Drew Holiday, and and they go and win a championship. And he's looking at his team, thinking, Why doesn't our franchise play? Why aren't we that urgent? Why aren't we making those kind of efforts? And. I just don't see how they I don't see how they get there And ultimately I think he asked out. I don't I don't know that you can get much from Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum is not is that really changing your future? Yeah. Um let's uh it, it, the NBA draft coming up next week. Jazz pick at 30 when you're as up against the uh you know you frankly you're over the luxury tax if you're the Utah yeah. Jazz is it worth picking at 30 uh to take a flyer on a guy or is it better just to maybe sell that pick or trade out of the first round? I wouldn't be shocked if they traded back. Just uh, the advantage to thirty over thirty-one, or, or the, the disadvantage to yeah. guaranteed contract, right? Yep. Like, and you're not once you get to about twenty-five, twenty, like maybe even a little higher than that ends in the draft. Like, is it worth it if the guarantee? I mean, you're locked into this guy for at least a couple of years. There's good players down there, I'm like Jeremiah Robinson Earl out of Villanova, like big guy, looks like he just is going to be an NBA role player, and you can. Plug him in and, and have some value, and it's not terribly expensive at thirty. But if you draft at thirty-one, he's not a guaranteed contract, and wh- whoever that is, you know, you can put on a on a two-way if you need to or whatever. So, um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to move out. But thirtieth isn't. I mean, it's it's, it's it's if you draft at the top, that's a pretty expensive contract. But by thirty, it's it's closer to a minimum. It's not that bad.
1: All right, there's Kurt dot <clears throat> probasketballtalk.com. He hit on a number of different things. I want to talk to you about Damian Lillard here for a second and, and something he was alluding to, like, because I, I read something today about is Milwaukee's championship putting the pressure on small market teams, you know, kind of getting rid of that excuse, right? And, and Kurt was talking about, does Damian Lillard look and see the urgency with which Milwaukee made adjustments to the roster, namely trading for Drew Holiday? And I kind of... Not that Kurt's wrong, but I kind of cringe at that because it's not an urgency. You have to make the right decision. Yeah. You have to ur- urgently make the right move. Yeah, because they already
4: acquired Norkic and they already got Powell. Right. They've they've so showed like, some urgency. Yes. They
1: just haven't made the right move. <laughs> well,
4: not so far. But you could say the same thing. Well, I guess you couldn't in the case of the Bucks because they, they won it after they got Drew
1: Holiday. But, but they made some urgent moves, right? They George Hill and uh, and Jeff Teague, they yeah. made some urgent moves at the point guard position, True. and it wasn't the right one. Yep. And they found the right one. So it's not just... And, I, they,
4: and they gave up those draft
1: picks. So, I mean, it, it you know,
4: it, 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 you got to have the got to bold, make
1: the right decision. But it also has to work. Right. And so I, I get frustrated at that sentiment of like, well, you're just not trying hard enough. And uh-huh. it's like, well, no, I mean, that's... You, you you don't think Portland's trying to surround Damian Lillard with a championship team? Of course they are.
4: And look what the Jazz did. They went and got Mike Conley. They went and got Boyan Blagdanovich. I mean, they tried some stuff. And they'd settled in. Last year, not as much. But this year, all systems were go. And then they got one bad matchup. And some misfortune as far as right. good health goes. And, well, so... I mean, it's it's, like,
1: like is Orlando been so bad for so long because they've lacked urgency or have they not made the right moves or had the right moves come to them? Yeah. You know, look at, look at Orlando in their heyday. They had the opportunity to, to draft Shaquille O'Neal and then somehow won the, uh, the lottery of lotteries the next year and were able to draft Penny Hardaway. Do you remember that? They were like, they were like the best team in the lottery. They were like the last team to miss the playoffs. And they somehow got the number one pick the very next year. That's not them being urgent. That's just luck.
4: Remember when the Cavs got the, one of the top picks for like, what was it, three out of four years yep. or something?
1: Right. And so, you know, then you look at free agency. Does Do do the players want to come there? Do you have the cap at the time? I mean, Golden State, a lot of people ignore the fact that it was a basically a loophole, a blip that allowed them to sign Kevin Durant, that the TV money hit the cap all at once, and all of a sudden Golden State had just enough room mm-hmm. to sign Kevin Durant as a free, free agent. Yep. Had it been any other year, <laughs> they wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I I don't know. Put small market teams on notice. They need to be more urgent. And it's like, wow, that that just— undersells exactly how difficult it is to accomplish what Milwaukee is accomplished.
4: Well, and I think the opposite can be true as well. Uh, The pressure could be put on Damian Lillard. Hey, be like Giannis. Yeah. You make the difference. You do something where you are. Grow where you're planted. Right? Make it work somehow. And, yeah, so I I, I think there's that, that observation as well and that example set by him.
1: You know what I was thinking about yesterday uh, that I also like about Giannis is he is a superstar, a a one, you know, a franchise player who doesn't have to have the ball in his hands all the time. Although he did handle the ball quite No, he did, but he's not James Harden or, or, you know, that type of player that is just going to dominate the ball.
4: I'm not even sure James Harden is
1: James Harden anymore. Well, that's what he said anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. But that that type of player. I mean, uh, LeBron dominates the ball, and LeBron's LeBron. I'm not trying to say that he's he's not. You know, uh, you know, his resume speaks for itself. But I kind of like it that that Giannis is a little throwback in that way too, where he's not necessarily I'm going to dribble and let the air out of the ball, and uh, you know, guys, you'll be here too. You know, who will be
4: interesting to watch in in that regard? Luka Doncic. Yeah,
1: he, oh, he dominates the ball so much. Will he? back off a little bit. Well, because when when you're a ball-dominant player like that, you have to be that good yourself. You don't really allow for help. You know what I mean? And if you're not good enough, like James Harden wasn't good enough with the Rockets, if you're not good enough to do it by yourself, well, then you're just not going to make it. Who is good enough to do it by yourself? Uh, I'd say LeBron. Uh,
4: Even he needed Kyrie to, you know. Yeah,
1: did he, though? Well, he kind of did. Well, I mean, you can't be the Salt Lake Stars and have LeBron and win. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm coming along there. But I don't know. I like it that Giannis isn't necessarily a really on-the-ball dominant player. But your star has to be a star in order to win a
4: championship. If, if, you know, with the way that game was going, game six, if Giannis hadn't played the way he did, I think the Suns would have won that game. And no duh, right? But the other guys weren't exactly – rising to a a crazy crescendo. Right. I mean, I guess Middleton hit some decent shots, but he missed a lot
1: too. Oh, but he was nails in the fourth quarter. I mean, that was a big deal in that series. When he hit his shots was was critical. But Drew
4: Holiday was 4-19 again. Wasn't he 4-20 of a couple games before that? So, I I don't know. It sure helps to have a guy like Giannis that you can lean on.
1: But, I mean, they did go to Middleton in the fourth. He was their go-to guy. I mean, Giannis scored plenty, but uh, when they needed a big shot, what game was that where, where Middleton hit all those big shots in the clutch? Was that game
3: four?
4: Mm, I forget, but uh, he certainly.
1: He hit like four see, big ones but in but the see, last three that, minutes.
4: And and so when you compare it to the Jazz, you sit there and go, okay, Donovan can carry the team at times, but you got to have somebody else to step into that role when you absolutely
1: need it. Well, Donovan needs more help than Giannis because Donovan isn't as good as Giannis.
4: Yeah, and he's not—he's not the complete player that Giannis is. That can help you win in so many Nor ways. Nor is he
1: physically as dominant. I'm not—I'm right. not trying to run down Donovan here, and the saying he's not as good as Giannis is, is certainly far from an insult. Right. I mean, who is? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're the size of him and you can move like that and have that kind of athleticism, I mean, there's there's. Nobody else like him on the planet.
4: That is really true. It's really true, but it's not like the Jazz are broken. I mean, they they they're close. I wouldn't be surprised to see them make some sort of move, some sort of tweak. But I don't think it has to be some revolutionary deal. You know, they're close. They are, especially if they get Mike Conley. If they don't get Mike Conley back, then now we're talking about a different thing.
1: 1825 South, 300 West, that's where we are. It is the warehouse. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Great deals going on. They've got a Pioneer Day sale. Uh, come in and say B O O M, boom! And they're going to take an additional 10% off of the already best price in town here at the warehouse. Uh, we will get to more coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: is isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's Big Show, Gordon Monson,
1: Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Time for Austin's List. Austin has an enemy's list someplace you don't want to find your name, yet we put names on it all the time. Who's going on the list today, Austin?
6: Uh, First of all, just a warning for somebody. Uh, Keyboard Warrior on Twitter. That's a nice name, actually. That's pretty funny. At Keyboard Warrior 1973 said, Austin Horton, I can see you having a man die elsewhere, especially if they are on your list. Oh. So just, just a warning to Keyboard Warrior that I would never never have anyone that I like have to go die somewhere else and that's I don't take that accusation very friendly okay
4: yeah but you gotta admit that uh, when you do
6: your list (laughs) it is rather aggressive my list is aggressive usually yeah name one thing on my list that's been over the top aggressive I don't know you put me on your list once (laughs) and you deserved it (laughs) (laughs) have you have you shaped up since then not really no what do you got No, I'm not going to do it today. You know, I'm just going to pout. Oh, come on. You guys, you you don't seem like you're interested, so I guess we won't do this anymore. No, we are interested. Hey, if I reacted that way. Franz Klammer is on the list today.
4: If I reacted that way every time you didn't act interested in what I was saying, then I I wouldn't say anything ever.
6: (laughs) Did that just today. That's why I'm doing it. All right. The uh, International Handball Federation is on the list today. Handball Federation, uh-huh. huh? The International Handball Federation. What's they they, they uh, have required that all Olympians in the beach version of the sport, and uh, not just Olympians, but everyone in the International Handball Federation where they play, whatever, that the the females all have to wear bikini bottoms with a close fit and cut on an upward angle toward the top of the leg while men can wear shorts as long as four inches above their knees. So, the Norway beach handball players on the female side decided that they were going to protest this, and they wore kind of like volleyball-looking shorts, like the men wear in the International Handball League, Uh, and uh, they were each fined 150 euros for uniform uh, violations. When asked about why the men are allowed to wear these and the women aren't, a spokeswoman for the International Handball Federation said, "Uh, we're looking into it, close quote. Uh, And then this coming from a former international handball player, Melissa, said, "Uh, I would like to see men play sports in bikinis. (laughs) Go ahead, try it. Try to keep everything in place in what is essentially underwear close quote so the international handball federation going on the list today for their extreme double standard where women have to play in bikinis while the men can wear pretty much whatever they're comfortable in.
1: Now, now, I'm really eager to hear Gordon's reaction to this, because I, I think... Suddenly I, he's I, interested, isn't well, he? Well, he's going to go one of two ways, because Gordon doesn't like dress codes and doesn't like uh, being told what to wear or not to wear, but also Chester's involved. No, so I don't know look, which way Gordon's going to no, go. I,
4: I, first of all, I, there's a version of handball that's played on the beach.
6: That's what you're getting hung up on?
4: I... I was unaware of that. Well, someone's speaking
6: are. that into his remote um, tonight.
4: But uh, I will say that uh, that does seem kind of crazy to me. I mean, someone's trying to sell a sport through sex appeal.
1: Yeah, I don't understand competitively why anybody would care what the other person what is What difference wearing. does yeah. it make? I mean, I mean, honestly, if they chose a, a like a garment that would put them at a disadvantage, that's their decision. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, if somebody wanted to go play in blue jeans or something like that. Why would you care? Hiking
6: boots? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? That might impede your
1: ability to, to
4: play. So, yeah. You like, know, I'm going to wear, wear
6: these snowshoes to play. handball. I don't. Yeah, I don't under. I, I don't understand you know. It, it would
4: be interesting to sit in on that meeting when they, those decisions were made. Like, what was that conversation like?
1: Well, somebody just said, well, rules are rules, and then... No,
4: no, I said, no, somebody purposely came up with this idea, that this is the way women had to dress.
6: How stupid is that? Stupid? Stupid, stupid. So is <laughs> this one egregious, fellas, or is, am I in the right here?
1: No, I think you're right. we well, are good to go. You're right. All right, uh, joining us now, we are live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Our friend Clayton jumping on the show once again. Hello, Clayton. How's it going, Jake? How's it going, Gordon? Oh,
4: man, we have been kicking back, enjoying the absolutely comfortable uh, environment here. Jake almost fell asleep twice, Clayton. At least. And I almost laid down on this couch. It's so (laughs) comfortable. Well, don't fall asleep on the couch. Jump over on one of those adjustable bases on one of those adjustable beds. <laughs> hey, I was so impressed. During I the commercial break, I bought one. Clayton, so I, that's where I am on that. You know where my opinion is.
7: I know exactly where your opinion is. And listen, it's just like Gordon bought one. You too, the listeners that are joining us, that are with us right now. You too can have an adjustable base in your house, and you don't have to take a mortgage out on your home to do it. Unlike our competitors, it's feasible, actually affordable here at the warehouse. We're doing a special deal this weekend for Pioneer's Day Special, where we have a split team, which means there are his and hers, two adjustable beds with two separate mattresses. So if she's snoring or you're snoring, one or the other can bump up the head, not stop your, uh, your partner from snoring, um, you know, when you get home from work after a hard day, you can raise those feet up, uh, get the swelling down, relieve some pressure off of the hips. I have the Split King and I have the Solid King. All the bells and whistles with the chargers on the side, with the LED lights below, the individual uh, remotes, um, and of course, if you come in and mention the B-O-O-M, boom, you can get the free matches with the pur- purchase of the adjustable base the solid king base regularly uh this solid king base you know there's some competitors that can do these solid king bases at five thousand dollars you know maybe yeah who knows four thousand dollars here at the warehouse we are 2899 with the purchase of a base you get the mattress for free. Again, we have king size mattresses too. If you're just looking for a mattress, you're not necessarily needing adjustable beds. We have king size mattresses starting at five forty nine. Love seats and sofas. We got a bunch brand new in stock, bunch of colors, bunch of different styles starting at five fifty nine. And of course, anything unique for your house, we've got you covered. Come in. Mention B-O-O-M, boom, and you get an extra 10% off today, tomorrow, through Saturday. We'd love to earn your business. Come take advantage uh, of these Pioneer Day specials here at the warehouse. Boom. Thanks, Clayton. You're the best. Remember,
1: B-O-O-M, boom. Come in and mention that this weekend. Great deals going on, 1825 South, 300 West. It is the warehouse. More next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Thanks to uh, the whole crew here at the warehouse for being such gracious hosts. As always, big sale this weekend, Pioneer Day. Uh, Drop by the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, and take advantage. I mean, the best deals in town. And get this, Gordon. They actually have furniture. It's here. We're sitting on it. You can take it home, which is... You uh, can
4: buy the sectional that Jake Scott sat on for
1: this show. How about that one you're sitting on? You're way more of a celebrity than me.
4: No, no, not at all. Uh, Jake, I got to tell you, I'm still reeling. I'm still reeling.
1: From I'm re- the bad I'm re- burrito I'm a, I'm a, you a, had
4: for lunch. No, I'm recovering from get off my lawn, go die somewhere else.
1: Well, I was quite the not sports report today. I, I, I the worst I, neighbor in history.
4: I, I, I <laughs> for those of you who missed it, the guy's driving his car through a neighborhood he li- in which he lives. And he uh, goes into a a seizure, has convulsions, and uh, loses control of his car and rolls up on someone's lawn. And someone comes running to help. And that good Samaritan is yelling for the neighbors to call emergency services. And they're yelling back, get off my lawn. Go die somewhere else. (laughs) Help me, Jake. Help me. (laughs) With what? Uh, that has got to be an exceptional thing. That, that has, tell me that is not the way most people think.
1: Would, would tell Get someone, your
4: car off my lawn out there!
1: Would tell someone in the midst of a seizure... To go die somewhere else. I got to think that that's not the majority of Americans. Good. I uh, Thank
4: you. That's what I needed <laughs> you to reassure.
1: I got to think the vast majority of Americans would have just pulled out their phones and called 911.
4: <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, I certainly hope so.
1: Pack that guy up and take him somewhere else to die. Unbelievable. Jeez. Oh, God. Yeah. What is wrong? Be nice to your neighbors this weekend, people. Yeah, yeah, do that. Uh, Gordon, we're we're off for Pioneer Day tomorrow. Are you going to do anything special? Uh, you going to hike down Immigration Canyon? and <laughs> Put the bonnet on? And and stop uh, there and overlook the valley? Push the and... hand car along? Not going to do that, I'm guessing.
4: No. Nope. Not going to do it. So what are you going to do? I don't know.
1: You're so mysterious about it. You love to tell us these these yarns, these anecdotes about your personal life, but you ask Gordon what he did over the weekend. Why do you want to know? Hmm? I, was, I was busy. I was doing stuff. What stuff were you doing? None of your business. I will gladly
4: volunteer my information if you will accept it, but half the time when I volunteer my information, you and Austin go, Oh, we don't want to hear about this. Because
1: that's some dusty story from Ott 6. Franz homer. Just, we're just asking
6: what you did over the weekend. Frond's homer. Homer, Clomer, Schnammer. That's
1: boring. Wow, Gordon, you, you last week, for example, you your family went boating. You had the, kind of the day to yourself. Did you do anything fun? I was busy. <laughs> busy, busy doing what? I was just busy. Move on. Next topic.
4: <laughs> Meanwhile, you want me to ask you what you did so you can tell everybody how you rescued your family by taking care of the little ones
1: while Naz was out uh, on a girls' uh, trip. But yet you just weren't going to do that. Even when I begged you to ask me about my weekend, you went into some story about digging in your yard when you were nine. You know I had a speed bag. Yeah, Now I'm having weird flashbacks to Monday's show. (laughs)
4: Well, Uh, we wish everyone... A wonderful holiday. Hope you have. A and
1: uh, you're going to be off next week. We've got Pac-12 media day on uh, on Tuesday. You're going to go uh, what family time or is this a, a lovecation it's a, it's or a family what? Family
4: thing. Uh-huh. Oh well. Have we'll fun. Be, we'll be doing some stuff. Just stuff. cooking meth. Oh, shut your mouth, man. Well, then that. tell
1: us what it is. Yeah. Then don't be so darn mysterious. You know what? I'm going to just assume cooking meth from now on. <laughs> You know how I know he's cooking meth, Jake. Because that's meth. Because <laughs> that's meth. How big was the batch last weekend, Gordo? Did you make some good dough? I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> I have no no,
4: idea how you do that. You don't know how to cook meth? <laughs> meth? I don't believe you. <laughs> no, but I do not condone it, nor do I encourage it. Well,
1: buddy, you have a good cook this week, and uh, <laughs> we'll... We'll look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you too. All right. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.